I was praying much about today's service, and I was thinking as I was last night I was studying late, and there's going to be a many a person today who will partake of the elements of the Lord's Supper, and they don't even know what they're doing it for. Uh, it's just uh, a routine with them, and um, I want to explain some things, but. I wish I could. I wish I had two services really to do it in, uh, because you can't cover it all in one. But uh, the thing that I want us to see first of all, there could be no resurrection without first the crucifixion, and that's the cross. And uh, in these last few days leading up to to Easter and the resurrection. They've been showing all these kind of films and things on in, in the newspaper talking about the passion of Jesus and the sufferings of Jesus and everything. But what I want to cover with you this morning for the next few minutes is the cross is the power of God. And so if you would please turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 first. 1 Corinthians, I want to read a few verses now. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 17 and verse 18. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. First thing I want you to just notice is that God Himself said that the power of God is the preaching of the cross. Look at chapter 2 now, verse 1 and 2. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God, for I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Now turn over to Galatians chapter 6 with me. And I want to use one verse there. Pray with me first, please. Father, we're so good. It's such a pleasure to be in this place with your people to study about this great day that the whole world is celebrating. And that is the Easter morning, the day that you rose from the dead, we don't serve a dead God, we serve a live God. One is alive and he's still true. We ask you, dear God, that you'll bless us today now. In Jesus' name, amen. In Galatians chapter 6 verse 14 says, But God forbid that I should glory saving the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Now, if you read carefully verse 14 of Galatians chapter 6, you'll see that more than one death took place there on Calvary. The world died there. Then this verse says, I died there also. We know that Jesus died there. Now, the cross of Christ is actually uh, two messages. First message is it has a message to the unsaved world. 
The Bible plainly states that when Jesus died on the cross, He died for sinners. Jesus Himself said He came into the world to save sinners. So when He died on the cross, He died for sinners. He died there to pay a debt so that every believing sinner could go to heaven. Somebody said, the death of Jesus upon the cross was suffocatious for all. But it is also, it's only those who believe it's effective though. We can talk about the cross all day long. And somebody said, well, I believe in the cross and, and what they're saying is they believe in the history of the cross. They know that Jesus came to this world. They know He died. They know that there was a cross on Calvary or they called uh, Mount, on Mount Calvary. They know that an unusual person died there. But when we say we believe in the cross, we believe in believing the salvation in the cross is believing that God Himself came down to this earth and took on a body and died as in our stead on the cross. That's salvation. Now, it's like Mr. Uh, this man uh, writing out a check. If I, if I wrote out you a check today for $100,000 and uh, that person uh, to pay off his debts, that $100,000 representing all that he owed, and that person looks at me and then looks at the check and doubts I have enough money to back up the check in the bank and he throws that check in the trash and that person, the, the check is worthless then. But he could have had $100,000. His debt could have been paid, but he didn't believe it. Now, I write another check to another man for $100,000 to pay all his debt and hand it to him, saying, I want to pay all your debts off. The man looks at me, then he looks at the check, he hesitates for a second, because he doesn't see the money, and he doesn't feel the money, in fact, he doesn't feel anything, he just has my word, I want to pay all your debts. But he wants his debts paid bad enough, he takes me at my word, and he goes to the bank, shows the check, and they give him $100,000 to pay off his debts. Now, I gave both men, I want you to get this part, I gave both men the same thing. One turned down to him, it was nothing. To the other, means means $100,000 paid off. Now, I want you to watch this, please. In John <coughs> uh, chapter 3. John chapter 3. And uh, look with me, please, in verse 17 and verse 18. John chapter 3, verse 17 and verse 18. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. You know the importance of that verse is because the Bible says that we're already condemned in our sin. Every human being is already condemned. God didn't send His Son into the world to condemn the world. He was already condemned. Verse 18, He that believeth on Him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now, I want you to get this, if you would please, as you think about those two men for just a minute, offered to pay off their debt. Jesus Christ died on the cross for all men, not just some men. 
Amen. Now, turn with me to Hebrews uh, chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. And uh, look with me in verse 9. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than angels, for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. So we know by this verse that Jesus came to this world to die for every human being that was ever born on the face of this earth. Just think about that for a minute. Now, every man is every man then. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son whosoever believes in Him shall not perish but have everlasting life. In other words, there's not a human being on the face of this earth then that can say to God, You didn't love me. Oh, yes, He did because the Bible says He did. Now, turn with me to 1 John just a minute. 1 John chapter 2 and look with me in verse 1 and 2. My little children... These things write unto you that you sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is a perpetuation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Now, according to this verse then, Jesus came in this world to die for the sins of the whole world. So we know that every human being is a sinner, and Jesus came into the world to die for every human being. So the first part of the message is, the message of the cross is to the unsaved person is, you can be saved if you want to be saved. Now i got news for you though, God's not going to make you be saved. But if you want to be saved, the Bible makes it very plain that the cross, the preaching of the cross, is your hope. That's where you get saved at. So the first part of the message of the cross is anybody can come and get saved if they want to get saved. Jesus made that possible. Nobody will ever go to hell and then say to Jesus, I wanted to be saved. No sinner can ever say to Jesus, you left me out when you died on the cross. Because the Bible plainly says Jesus tasted death for every man. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Some of our songs state the way of the cross leads home uh, will never get side of the gates of light if the way of the cross I miss. That's the truth. Notice now, there's no plan of salvation of the soul that leaves out the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ then. If any preacher or any man is supposed to be a man of God gets up and preaches a sermon and he calls it a, a gospel sermon. If you leave out the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ, then you're not preaching the gospel. Because the gospel, if, if you leave out the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no hope for nobody then. You know what it can be saved. The same is true of any plan of salvation that adds to the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words... The Bible makes it very plain. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now that applies to everybody. Now I'm not against every denomination. I'm just a Bible believer. And what I mean by that is, I don't have time to go and talk to everybody about every denomination, whatever denomination teaches and believes. 
And what I want to do is just take the Word of God and take the Word of God and present what the Word of God says about salvation. Never mind what everybody else says. Somebody, and I've had this many, many times, somebody come in, sit down with me in my office, and I say, Preacher, tell me how to go to heaven. No, I'll tell you what God says for you to go to heaven. Amen? Now, it's the same thing I'm going to tell you, but at the same time, I'm going to make sure that everything that I say is going to be strictly from the Word of God. you know why? Because the Bible says that the Word of God has power. It has power. I know the night that I got saved, I went in that tent revival, sat down, and I said, all right, buddy, tell me what you got to say to me. Now, I didn't say that out loud, but that's just exactly the way I felt. I didn't, I didn't want to be there. I didn't care about that stuff. I was having my life the way I wanted it. Leave me alone, please. But all of a sudden, he began to preach. And uh, here's an old country preacher getting up there, ranting and raving and preaching the Word of God. And all of a sudden, the Word of God got a hold of my heart. Now, I didn't ask for that. Amen? Leave me alone. But I found out something. You cannot read the Word of God. You cannot preach the Word of God and preach it like it says it without it touching you. You know why? It's powerful. And it's quicker than a two-edged sword. And you know why God used a two-edged sword to describe that? You can't pitch up, you can't pick up a two-edged sword by its blade and not get cut. So when you take the Word of God and you preach the cross of Calvary, it's going to hurt. And it's going to cut. And it'll go right down to your sins. Now, I want you to get this. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. And I want you to go there with me for just a second. I want you to see a verse. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now, the reason that that verse is there, there is, at the time that the book of Acts was written, they were worshiping idols. They were making gods of all kinds, gold, silver, wood, hay, stubble. They were using everything in the world and worshiping them. And they was naming them the God, the Queen of Heaven is one of the gods that they worship. Worship the moon and the stars and everything else in the world. And then he comes along and God says, Neither is there salvation, that salvation of the soul, the saving of a soul, uh, in any other name, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. So if you're going to have salvation, if you're going to go to heaven, then you must believe in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now what in the world does that mean? Does that mean that I just believe that Jesus was? That the name of Jesus was? No. It means that I trust. Let's go back to the two men I was talking about. If I give you $100,000, I'm off to pay off your bills. You look at me and say, Well, I preacher sure ain't got no $100,000. He can't pay off my bill. Well, you don't know what I got. Amen? So I want to ask you something. you going to trust me in my name? I remember when we built this church, uh, we went and sat down and talked to a man. 
he had on an old pair of overalls sitting in an old chair in his yard that weren't worth 50 cents and he didn't look like he had a dime to his name and I sat down with him and me and my wife there in his yard with him and his wife and he said what can I do for you preacher I said well I need $175,000 to buy the property and build a church he said he looked at his wife he said honey have we got that much he said well you know we have you want to let this guy have it yeah and he wrote me a check for $175,000 to give it to you. You know what the first thing I did? I went across the bank, right across the street from his house. This guy got $100,000. You know what the bank teller told me? If he writes it on a napkin, I'll take it. That guy was worth more money than Carter got pills. I didn't know it. But I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I trust him enough. I'm going to take a check. Amen? Now let me give you something. I do not know all about Jesus. I know a great deal that the Bible teaches about Him. I wish I knew all. I wish I had a a divine mind that I could understand all about Jesus. But I don't. I see you through a glass darkly now, but one day face to face. But brother, I tell you what, I believe He can do it. Amen? And it's just that simple. Now one of the reasons, and the greatest reason of all time is, the reason that I believe that Jesus can do anything He says He can do is because of the resurrection. Did you know that's the capstone of the Christian religious, if I can put it in that sense? The Christian belief. Jesus died on the cross. He lived a perfect 33 years on this earth. We can take all that into... account if you want to and somebody said well he died he was buried but what makes the difference is that he rose from the dead it didn't say somebody brought him out of the grave he did it on his own I got news for you anybody can raise himself from the dead I believe he can do anything amen and I want to tell you what if he come walking down the aisle of the church I think I'd leave right now amen because I'm scared enough of people walking around, uh, you know, out of the grave. But you know what? I got faith in Him. Simply because of that. Now, I want you to get this because it's very important. No matter how sincere you are, if you leave out the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and His substitutionary death upon that cross, then you go to hell. Somebody said, Preacher, you ought to preach on hell. Well, the Bible does. The Bible has a great deal to say about hell. A hell is a place for anybody that rejects the Lord Jesus. That don't mean you've got to go there. It means there's a place that anybody rejects Him. Now what do we mean by substitutionary? That means the Bible says that a sinner is not going to heaven. If anybody deserves to go to hell, it's all sinners. Everybody. Don't leave nobody out of the Now, every human being then deserves to go to hell. You know why? Because there's sin in you. Whether you like it or not, it was handed down to you from Adam. When Adam sinned, it's in my blood system. You don't have to teach a child. We talked about this just yesterday. My little granddaughter, bless her heart, the sweetest little angel on the face of God's earth, prettiest little thing you ever seen in your life. Her mother was sitting in her a chair eating and her mother said don't you throw that food on the floor she grabbed two hands and then 
looked at her mother and grinned. <laughs> and nobody taught her how to lie and do the opposite of what she's told to. It was born in her. Amen? Now you think about that. It's true. You have to teach a child not to do things. Now please get this. If I was going to Atlanta and got on the wrong plane and ended up in Houston, Texas, no matter how sincere I was, I got on the wrong plane and ended up in the wrong place. Now, no matter how sincere you are, if you don't have the right plan of God's salvation, which is Christ crucified, you'll go to hell then and you'll miss heaven. And it's just that simple. You ain't got to make heaven and hell a, a mysterious thing. If I got the right road map, if I got the right plan, then I'll go to heaven. If I got the wrong one and I'm going the wrong way, then I'm going to go to hell. There's two ways, the Bible says. And you've got to take one or the other. And so if you get on the wrong plane, so to speak, you go into the wrong place. When I was 26 years old, if I could put it in simple terms, I got on the right plane. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. So the message of the cross to the unsaved world is Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's the only way. Now, the cross has another message to the saved world or saved person. Now, let's go back to Galatians chapter 6. I want you to look at verse 14. But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Now I want you to watch this. Notice the word, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. When Jesus died on the cross, then I died with Him. Turn over down to Romans, and I'll show you what I'm talking about. In Romans chapter 6. Yeah, I know you've heard me say this many a time, but I had a friend right after I got saved, I went and tried to lead him to the Lord, and he said, if I believe I was saved by the grace of God, I'd do whatever I want to then, because I know I'm going to hell by God's grace. I said, I do. I do exactly what I want to do. Amen? But the difference is that God changed my owner. Now, how did He do it? In Romans chapter 6, verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin? Now listen, he's talking to Christians. Not talking to the unsaved world. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Did you know there's a lot of people that believe they're saved by the grace of God? And so uh, while I'm down here on this earth, I'll just go ahead and live like the devil. I'm going to have him in him. I'll do whatever I want to. If I want to drink, I'll drink. If I want to uh, cuss, I'll cuss. If I want to uh, do whatever I want to because I'm saved by God's grace. Nothing I do counts anyhow, so I'll just go ahead and have myself a ball down here. No. Notice what the Bible said. God forbid. Verse 2. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into His death? Now I want to show you something. That pool of water up there represents the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
When you go under that water, you're saying, I believe that Jesus died for my sins according to the Scriptures. And when you come up, you're saying that I believe He rose from the dead to justify me before the Heavenly Father. So I'm just as though I'd never sinned. Why? Because I'm buried, I'm planted with Christ. Can a dead man sin then? No, he can't do anything. No, I'm dead. Now watch this. God forbid, how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Know you not that so many of us are baptized baptized in the body of Christ? Now what? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism, that is, submersion in Christ Jesus, into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead in Christ, with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. No one that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died in the sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Now, and going on down verse 11, down through verse 13, he said, Now, reckon yourself, look at verse 11, Likewise reckon you also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, notice in verse 4, notice, since we are saved, we're walking newness of life. Now, let's think about something for just a minute. Jesus, crown of thorns, speaks of our ego. That's the head. Before we said it was I, I, me, me, just please myself. Go do whatsoever makes me feel good. But, now I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. My old self has been crucified with Jesus. And now, I'm to live for Jesus, not self any longer. I'm to live for Jesus Christ, my Savior, since I've been risen a a brand new life. Jesus' hands were nailed to the cross. That speaks I am no longer to do whatsoever I want to do. My life now belongs to Jesus. I serve Him. Church is not a burden to go in. Helping others is not a burden. It's a natural thing since I've been born again. Notice Jesus' feet were nailed to the cross. I am now to go tell others about my Savior. You see, most Christians don't understand they are dead to self. And they are risen to serve the Lord and walk in newness of life. Now turn over to 1 Corinthians with me a minute. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. First Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20. What? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? For you're a ball with a price. 
Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Do you know the hardest thing for a Christian to understand? I'm not my own anymore. I was at one time, but I'm not my own anymore. I belong to somebody. And I belong to God. I belong to Lord Jesus Christ. I can't go wherever I want to and do whatever I want to anymore. Now, when you recognize you are dead with Christ, then God can use you. And get this, please. A man crucified, hanging on a cross, he can't look back and see what's behind him. He can't go back to do things over again. He can't hang on the, to the things of the world. I made up my mind when I got saved some years ago, I'll serve the Lord. Now, I didn't know everything. I didn't have a college education. But I look back now, if I had to plan my life, I couldn't have planned it any better. Life has been very good to me as a Christian. God has taken care of me. Now, what people think of me don't bother me anymore. What people say about me don't bother me anymore. I'm dead with Christ. I want to live for Christ until He comes back for me. Amen? Jesus died on the cross for a lost and dying world. Anyone can be saved who wants to. And Jesus died on the cross, and I died with Him when I got saved. Now I belong to Jesus, not myself any longer. Amen? And you know what the wonderful thing is? When you get there, there's so many baby, what I call baby Christians. They get saved, they go to church, and, and I've told you stories that's happened over the years so many times. I had a man come and he said, I don't, I'm not coming back to preach. I said, why ain't you coming back? Well, you preach on money all the time. And I'm just not going to come back. All you want is my money. I don't want your money. I want you to be blessed of God. And if you'll do what God you're supposed to do with your money, God will bless you. How are you going to know unless somebody that knows the Bible tell you what God demands out of you about money? So I told it. I was just preaching a normal sermon, and I mentioned tithes and offerings. There went that, buddy. He's out of here. Gone. I want to ask you something. If you're a sweet Christian love, the Lord knows Him as your Savior, and knows what the Bible teaches about tithes and offerings, giving, helping the Lord, carry on the work for the Lord, does it bother you that I teach on money? It shouldn't. It should throw your soul. I like to be blessed of the Lord. And I like to see somebody else bless the Lord. Amen? And, and honest to goodness, I, I just like to hear of it. That don't bother me. I had another man, he came in, sat down, somebody else took his sick. I ain't coming back to church, I quit. Wait a minute. What are you quitting for? Somebody got my seat in church. I want to ask you something. If you did, what difference did it make which chair you sit in? You're not even there. You're dead to it. Amen? And when you understand that, you begin to understand what living for Christ is all about. There's so many people that just, the least little thing. I was in a grocery store. I, did a, I have more fun than a public grocery store than anybody can uh, have. I was in there the other day and I'm walking in, paying my bill. And right in front of me was a man paying his out. 
And the lady, when I got up to her, she said, he was just as cross and mad at the whole world. And she said to me, she said, you know what's wrong with him? He needs Jesus. I said, well, praise the Lord. I said, I'm a preacher. She said, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> right there, right there in the grocery store, we was having a good time in the Lord. Amen? She didn't get aggravated at him because she got aggravated and that he was trying to get. She just praised the Lord anyhow. And you know what? When you realize what the cross is all about, number one is that anybody can get saved through the cross of Christ. That's number one. But number two, since I am saved, I am to count myself dead to this world and live for Christ. Did you know I have to watch where I go? I have to watch who I'm around because somebody out there that's unsaved is watching me. And if you're around a bunch of people that's telling dirty jokes all the time and drinking a beer and, and doing things they ought not to do, they're going to associate you with them. But I want to be associated with Christ's bunch. Amen? That's who I want to be associated with. So, you know what the Bible says then? Come out from among that worldly group and get with Christians. And you'll be identified with Christians. And you are known by your associates whether you like it or not. If you're around a crook all the time, it's just like um, my well, ninth grade teacher. Mr. Johnson, I liked him up to this time, and uh, but he told my future wife that I was going with in ninth grade. She said, "Don't go, let Strong. He's mean. He runs around with that mean bunch down in South Brand. Don't you go with him? Don't you be messing around with him?" And right along then, I could have shot him, but uh, but what he was doing, he was associating me with who I was running around. Now let me show you something. Did you know I didn't drink? I didn't smoke? I didn't cuss big at that time? I didn't do all the things those other guys were doing? But I just went with them to, just for a good time, just to have a good time that night. And so everywhere, and I didn't even recognize at that time that I was getting the name that they had. Same name that they had. You know, that's what the Bible is teaching for Christians. We're to come out from among them, since I am said, be dead to self. And Jesus died on that cross that we might die with Him. Now I'm a testimony for the Lord Jesus Christ. One of the, one of the sweetest things that ever happened to me, I didn't understand it at the time, but I was a superintendent of Shell Oil Company when I got saved. And uh, I, before that, I was laughing and talking, joking, telling the same kind of jokes everybody else was telling, sitting around eating with everybody on the job, and uh, as it come out, then I got born again, I got saved. And the next thing I know, I'm witnessing to everybody on the job, talking to them about the Lord, talking about how to get saved. You know what I found out here? Now, for a long time, we'd all sitting over here in the shade talking to one another before I got saved. All of a sudden, those guys are sitting over here, and I'm over there by myself. Man, they'd like to kill me. I want to fit in. I want to be with that bunch. And then, then as I left Shell Oil Company, God called me to preach, and I started preaching. Guess what? All those guys that moved over there, away from me, 
Guess who they remembered when their wives got sick, their babies got sick, something happened to them terrible? They called Brother Strong and asked me to pray for them. Come see them. I got to lead some of them to the Lord because of it. Why? Because I knew they knew there's something different about me. I'm not like that bunch. That's what Jesus died on the cross for. He didn't just die to keep us out of hell. He died to make us a new creature in Christ Jesus. And I'm different than I used to be, and so are you, if you're saved. Amen? Play with me, please. Father, I ask you in Jesus' name that you'll bless everyone that's listening, bless everybody here today, that we'll understand what this day represents. It's an Easter. We know that. Father, we believe in the resurrection. But there's so much more to it than what the world sees today. Help us to explain it, that everybody can understand it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you.